Sorry. The mic working. There we go. Hey, hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> the, Lord said, Let there be sound. Yeah, and the Lord said, Let there be sound. If you can remember to keep uh, Pastor Chaz and, and Miss Tanya in your prayers, um, Pastor Chaz and Miss Tanya are uh, embarking on a cruise. Uh, that doesn't sound like a time that you'd normally have to pray for someone, right? Uh, but uh, their last cruise was, no, was not really that successful of a cruise. They uh, actually had to leave after a day and a half or two days, I think, because uh, Tanya's mom passed away. And so we're just praying that this cruise is much, uh, much more enjoyable and uneventful for them and that they can just enjoy it. So if you remember, keep them in your prayers. And then also, as you can tell, um, we are missing also Christy, uh, Christy's family. Keep them in their prayers too. Uh, their grandmother is doing very, uh, is very ill and not doing well. And uh, she was called to Pennsylvania today uh, to be with her grandmother. And so if you keep them in your prayers. And then finally, if you keep my wife in your prayers too, she has walking pneumonia and uh, has been dealing with that the last week and a half and still doesn't have a voice back yet. And that's why she wasn't singing today. So if you would just be with her and uh, pray for her, that would be fantastic, please. Is Abby sick too? Oh, It's the Kung flu, right? No, uh, or the woo, what is it, woo, whatever, flu, whatever, the wahoo flu, yeah. <laughs> All right, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of Joshua. We're going to be in chapter 3. The past few weeks, we've been studying the book of Joshua, and we've been talking about this courageous faith. You know, Corey mentioned Joshua 1.9 during worship, and, and uh, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's a uh, wonderful verse to memorize and a wonderful verse to remember because after that, there really isn't anything else you need to worry about, right? To be strong and courageous, do not be terrified and, and follow your Lord wherever he goes. And we talked about that in the first week and then we spoke yesterday, or yesterday, it seems like yesterday. Last week, we spoke about Rahab, uh, who was a prostitute and also a liar, but yet God used her. God used her to... Um, actually help the Israelite people eventually take the city of Jericho, which uh, we'll hear about, I think, next week. And so, uh, but Rahab was used by God, even though she had many downfalls. In fact, we find that Rahab, as I said at the end of the uh, sermon yesterday, there I go again, last week, that Rahab was actually used in the genealogy of Christ. And so Jesus would never have come to this earth if it wasn't for Rahab. He had, you know, it comes through, his genealogy came through uh, Rahab. And so that's an amazing testimony in its own right. And it also should be a way of having us look and say, if God can use Rahab and all the downfalls that she had, why can't he use me? And that's a question I really want you to ponder and continue to think about as we go through these uh, series of sermons. And the whole idea of this uh, study of Joshua is to learn about what it means to have strong and courageous faith, right? Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous, as we said, do not be terrified. But what is courageous faith? What does it mean? How can we see courageous faith being played out in, every, in our everyday life? And Joshua is a perfect picture of this. In fact, today we come to another amazing story of faith and courage. The Israelites were determined and destined to enter into their promised land. Do you understand that? 
For 40 years they have been out in the desert, walking in the wilderness, trying to find a way into the promised land. And the Lord, their God, came down to them and because of their sin and because of what they have done, has kept them from entering into the promised land. Moses was on the verge of seeing his people come into the promised land and Moses disobeyed God. And it's one of the most amazing stories, and one day I'll preach on this story, but it's one of the most amazing stories. Moses disobeyed God by beating a rock twice instead of once. Now, you want to talk about pressure, right? I mean, today we we live in the era of grace. We live under the grace of Jesus Christ. And so when we make a mistake, we don't feel that pressure. But Moses had an amazing amount of pressure on him. And because he did not follow, was not obedient to God, he didn't get to enter into the promised land. So when Moses dies... The Lord comes to Joshua and says, Joshua, it is now time for you to enter into the promised land. It's now time for you to take the people to do as what Moses was doing, leading them and taking them into this promised land. There's one huge problem that lies before them. The land that they had heard of for years, flowing with milk and honey. The wonderful land they were going to call home. The wonderful land that was filled with wonderful things and, and opportunities to grow and, and uh, graze their animals and their cattle and those types of things. This thing that was going to finally be their own homeland was right there beyond them, but there was something standing in between them and their promise. That something was called the River Jordan. Now, one could think today in the environment that we live in that crossing a river is really not that hard, Right? I mean, how many cars on a daily basis cross the Ohio River or the Mississippi River or any other river for that matter of fact? It's pretty simple to, to drive across these on a bridge. It's pretty simple to navigate across these in a boat. But we're not talking a time that is like today. We're talking a time that's thousands of years ago when they didn't have the engineering uh, specs of a bridge or those types of things that we have today. So crossing the Jordan was an issue. The Jordan was roughly about one mile wide at the crossing where they had to cross. Not only was it one mile in, in width, but also on each side of the Jordan was a thick cover of thistle. And when I say thistle, anyone ever seen a real thistle bush out in the, out in the weeds, out in the country? I mean, we, we're all a bunch of, uh, well, I won't call us all hillbillies. I'm a bunch of hillbilly up here, so I'll say that. But I've gone into the woods before with and... and ran into a, a thistle bush. It's not fun, right? On each side of this river was thick thistle, very thick. And so they had to find a way to navigate through this. Now, one person can easily navigate a river on their own and navigate through the thistle with very little issues. Two people, possibly very little issue. Three people, maybe. But now we're talking about not just two or three people. We're talking about a whole entire country that is now navigating across this this Jordan River, if you will, and through the thistles that are on each side. Success in their land is just beyond the banks of that great river. They are so close, yet so far away. They can see it with their own eyes. They can see what's on the other side. They can see that this is the land that was promised to them. The excitement has to be building up inside of them, and they're thinking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to cross the Jordan? Then comes the story of how we're going to cover this today and how they crossed the Jordan, the faith that it took for them to overcome this Jordan. 
before we read this verse and before we jump in, what I want to ask you today is that today, some of us are on the edge of our Jordan, if you will. We can see the promise right beyond that God has promised to us. We can see the uh, financial freedom. We can see the overcoming of drugs and alcohol. We can see the overcoming of relationship issues. We can see all of those things just on the other side. But the problem of it is, is what lies before us is a great obstacle. That obstacle for the Israelites were called the great, was called the Jordan. For you and I, maybe it's something completely different. Maybe that obstacle that's before us is a relationship that we have with someone that we don't really like to have that relationship with because it's a strained relationship. Maybe it's a child that's not behaving or doing the way that they're supposed to be or walking in the way that they're supposed to. Maybe it's you don't have the finances to overcome the bills and all the things that you have before you. Whatever it is, there's a Jordan that crosses between us and our promised land. And so we are called not to stay on the shores of Jordan. Do you understand that the Israelites could have stayed in the land of the thistle. They could have stayed in the land of the desert. They could have stayed on the side of the Jordan where they were at. Now here's the problem. The side of the Jordan that they were at is known to be a desert land. It's known to be a very uh, barren land. It's known to be a place that there wasn't a lot to grow. There wasn't a lot of things going on. There was some place for a small amount of people to raise cattle and those types of things because it was close to the river. But beyond that, there was not much going on. Now just on the other side, the weather changes completely and the grass is green. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, by the way, but in this particular case, it was. On the other side of the Jordan, the grass was greener. There was many things there. It was a perfect atmosphere, and, and, and uh, the, the weather was perfect for growing crops and doing the things that they were, would suffice and, and help them to raise their families. And so we find them stuck at this obstacle how many of us in our lives have got to the place where we can see the promised land, but we're stuck in an obstacle? There's something that's standing between us, and we don't know how to overcome that obstacle. We don't know how to go over that river. We don't know how to get beyond the shores of the Jordan so that we can see the promise that God has promised, that God has given to us, that promise that he has spoken for many, many years. See, many of us today need to learn how to get through the river Jordan, how to get through that obstacle, to get to the other side and enjoy the promised land that God has given to us. And so today, we'll learn of an amazing story of courageous faith. Strong and courageous was Joshua's faith to get them through the Jordan River. We'll see also how God came in and answered that prayer and helped them through. Let's pray and then we'll jump into Joshua chapter 3. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have done. Lord, you're such an amazing God and we love you so much. And Father, this story of, of the Israelites crossing the Jordan and the faith that Joshua had to follow you and all the wonderful things and how you came in and did a miracle for them to get across the Jordan, Father, it's an amazing story. And Lord, I know that in our lives... We're approaching obstacles in our own lives. There's things that keep us on the wrong side of the promise that you have for us. And so, Lord, I pray as Joshua learned from you and as Joshua learned to overcome those obstacles and become the leader that you have called him to be, may we learn to have courageous faith in you. May we, may we learn to have faith to take those steps when steps are needed, but to believe that you are God and that you will make a way. Lord, guide us and direct us today as we overcome these obstacles in our lives. 
be with us today. Lord, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words, Father. Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you take those words and just make them active inside the minds and the ears of all that would hear. And that you would touch us at the core of our issues and help us to see that there is a way over our obstacles. There is a way out. There is a way through. And that way is to follow you. We glorify you, Father. We honor you and we praise you in your most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Let's read Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of your Lord, your God, being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it, in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to his people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. This story of Joshua and the people of Israel coming down from Shittim, down to the edge of the Jordan, is because the spies that we learned about last, uh, last week with Rahab have come back to Joshua and told Joshua that all of Jericho is afraid of them. Their hearts are melting. They have no faith in themselves. <coughs> Excuse me. And so the the spies tell Joshua this, and Joshua proceeds and says, it's time to cast out from this place, and let's go to the Jordan. And so they take a three-day trip down to, or a, a day or two trip, I'm sorry, it's not three days, it's about a day trip down from Shittim to Jordan. And as they get down to the Jordan, they realize that there's a place that keeps them stopped. And so they find themselves at the shores of the Jordan, trying to figure out how they can overcome this obstacle that stands before them. See, the Israelites were promised this land. It was theirs to take. There is nothing holding them back except for the Jordan River. But as they approached that famous river that formed a barrier between them and this longed-for real estate, what they saw by the light of day was both confusing and dreadful. See, the Lord had brought them down to the Jordan, but there was no word about how the Lord was going to cross them over from the Jordan. As I said before, the Jordan was roughly about one mile long. What we also find in verse 15 is that in verse 15 of Joshua chapter 3, you find that the Jordan is not only just flowing, it is flowing over its bank. It is in the harvest season, it's in the harvest time. So it's a flooded river Jordan. It's not just a normal river Jordan. Even the normal river Jordan flows at about 40 miles per hour, has currents that flow about 40 miles per hour. And so to think about crossing from one side of the river to the other, even today, if you go down to the River Jordan to cross over the River Jordan, they start you way up on the other side, and then as they come down, they navigate through the currents to get you to the other side. It's a very dangerous trip even today, even with the technology that we have today. Now, they also have bridges that you can cross over the Jordan today and overcome all of those things. 
But if you are going to cross the River Jordan on a boat or anything else, you actually have to start way upstream and cast your way and make your way to the other side. So the simple fact that this journey of one mile across the river was not an easy one. And then as I said before, what is even addition to this, what surrounds the Jordan is a tangled bush of thistle. Jeremiah the prophet mentions the thickets of Jordan in Jeremiah 12.5 and one, uh, one writer says, it is not the river so much as the jungle that was difficult to cross. And so not only was it the river that was going to have them have all this problem, but then they would have to get through the bush to get to the other side. But the amazing story of this is that, jo- uh, that Joshua's faith is amazing at this point. Joshua has them camp at the edge of the Jordan, and so all of the people are seeing this river, wondering how are they going to cross the Jordan. Now, it's not too long cast since Moses sent them through the the Red Sea. If you remember, the Israelites were in the uh, wilderness for 40 uh, years, and so it would have been a few generations, but they would have remembered the stories of how God opened up the Red Sea and they crossed over the Red Sea. Perhaps the Israelites were standing on that shore saying, maybe the Lord will do something very similar to what he did with the Red Sea and allow us to cross over. Maybe they wondered if they were going to ever get to the other side at all. There was many questions going along during this time. But Joshua's response to this is amazing. What I want you to understand is this whole verse that we just read, verse 1 through the uh, end of uh, 6, we find that Joshua has a faith like none before. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out for Shittim. And then verse 2 says, At the end of three days, the officers went throughout the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you, about 2,000 cubits in length, because you do not know where in, you do not know the way that you shall go. Then Joshua said to his people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Nowhere in Scripture do we find that the Lord has promised Joshua that he's going to successfully take the city of Israel, or take the country of Israel over the Jordan. Yet, now Joshua has a conversation with the Lord here in, in a few verses that begin to explain that. But Joshua's faith was such that he was able to go to his people and say, "Get yourself ready, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." Joshua is already having a faith that he's going to be able to cross this river and there's no doubt in his mind that the Lord is going to take him through. See, the problem with most of us is that when we get to an obstacle, we come up to that obstacle and we lose all our faith because the obstacle looks bigger than our God who we serve. When we look at our obstacle, we say, there's no way I can get through this. There's no way. Because what we look at is that we look at it in our own human nature. We look at it in our own human eyes, and we see that obstacle and say, it's impossible for us to cross over this Jordan. I don't have the capability of doing it, let alone the whole entire country of Israel to cross over with me. But Joshua has this amazing faith, a courageous faith that says to the people, be ready, consecrate yourself, because... Tomorrow, the Lord is going to do wonders among you. How many of us can stand between our obstacle, or stand between our promised land and our obstacle, and say, I'm not worried about this obstacle because God's going to do something? Listen, there is, a, there is a message to be learned and a message to grab a hold of here, and that is any trouble that you face has to be spoken to in the faith that you have with God. The reason why many times we fail in overcoming our obstacle is because our faith in our Lord is not as big as it needs to be. 
And so we sell ourselves short. We sell God short. And we stand before that obstacle and say, I'm going to fail. And as soon as you say you're going to fail, guess what's going to happen? The likelihood is that you're going to fail. But if you stand before that obstacle and say, the Lord is going to get me through. The Lord is going to take me through this Jordan. The Lord is going to take me to the other side of this obstacle. Then it's more likely that you're going to say that. The problem of it is, is that we fall short in saying that and we begin to allow doubt and, and fear to creep into our mind. What Joshua is telling the people is that don't allow that doubt, don't allow that fear to cross in your mind. If you come to this obstacle and you don't think you're going to be able to overcome it, then have faith in me. God is going to do something special. I can't tell you how many times that I feel like my job as a pastor is just to be a cheerleader. No, I don't have pom-poms. I don't stand there and go, yay, 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 team, right? <clears throat> don't ask me to, Jay, either, okay? Uh, <clears throat> I know you were thinking about it. I know you were thinking about it, so. I had a set of hope. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that because a lot of times we just lose our hope and we need that. We need that injection of faith to come in behind us and say, you can do it. You can overcome these issues. You can overcome these obstacles that are in your life. There's nothing that's holding you back except for yourself. We often think that we don't have the power, or we don't have the intelligence, or we don't have the faith, or we don't have the ability to overcome the obstacles that are before us, and that's all lies. You know why it's a lie? Because God says that he makes all things possible. It's not us that makes these things possible. But if you have God on your side, you have enough to overcome anything. You can overcome that addiction. You can overcome those drug issues. You can overcome that depression. You can overcome the financial things. You can overcome those relationship issues. You can overcome all of those health issues and all of those things that are before you because it's not you. You don't have to require your own power to overcome those things. You have to lean upon the faith of Jesus Christ to overcome those things. Perfect place to say amen, by the way. Amen. Just want to make sure you're awake so I don't have to pull out the Nerf gun. <laughs> when you stand before your obstacle, what do you say to it? You know, there's a, I, I, I was not going to say this, but I'm going to because it's, pop, I mean, it's a popular saying, right? Tell God how big, or don't stop telling your problem, or stop telling Yes, stop telling God how big your problems is and start telling your problems how big your God is, right? That's true. There's a lot of truth to that. When we stand before a problem, we often shrink in our, and we fall back from it and, and we begin to get nervous and we begin to allow that fear to creep up inside of us and we begin to just look at it and the problem that's really small becomes huge. I used to, in my, <laughs> when, I, when I worked in the business field, I used to get really nervous when you'd see the HR person talking to your boss, right? The very first thing that came to your mind is, oh, great, I'm fired. It's coming. I, I, they, they're talking about me. I know they are, you know. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you have the whole entire department fired because of something you did. <laughs> in your mind, you have worked this. Well, okay, maybe, let me, let me rephrase it. I have worked this up in my mind to be so big that I have fired the whole entire company because of something stupid I did, right? When in reality, they weren't even talking about that. In fact, just happened to me one time. I had this conversation. I walked in my boss office and I said, okay, so I saw you with the HR person. I guess I'm being fired. And he looked at me and he started laughing. He goes, actually, we were talking about giving you a raise, but if you don't want it, that's fine. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll take it. We have to have faith and remember whom we serve. See, we serve a God who can do the impossible. We serve a God who took the Israelites through the Red Sea. We serve a God who died on the cross and then resurrected himself three days later. 
We serve a God who overcomes all things. We serve a God who is just almighty and, and is powerful and can do anything that, that we believe, that we have faith to believe that he can do. It's not often that God fails to move in us and for us. It's more often that we fail to allow him to move through us because of our fear. And we must overcome that fear. Joshua's response to all of this was that they sat on the banks for three days, but then he runs out to the Israelites and say, consecrate yourself. Now I want to break that down for a moment and talk about what it means. When Joshua says, consecrate yourself for tomorrow, the Lord will, will do wonders among you. The question that Joshua is asking his people are, are you ready? Are you ready to see something amazing happen in your life? Are you ready to see an amazing thing? Are you ready to see God move before you? Now there's a couple things, and I want to break down this, uh, this word consecrate because it's something that you have to understand. See, consecrate isn't just merely, consecrate is a word that we often use in the church and, and, and religious sectors, and, and we get into this place of going, oh, that's a big word, and consecrate means all those crazy things, and you have to be pious and all this stuff. No, but consecrate really means going before the Lord and asking Him to make you holy. To declare and make something dedicated formally to God, if you will. Webster says to make or declare something sacred, dedicate formally to religious or divine purpose. But in reality, what it is, is that what you're doing is you're going before and saying, God, you know what? It's not me who's going to be able to cross this obstacle. This obstacle in my mind is too big. In my own eyes, I cannot see how to overcome this obstacle. But in your eyes, you can do anything. You are... You say you make all things possible, and so I'm going to consecrate myself before you. I'm going to be ready for that. Now, the word consecrate doesn't just merely mean having a belief that God can do it. Consecrate also means that you have to take a step back and say, what are the sins in my life and where are they at? What do I need to do with that? See, God wants wants you to be prepared to see him do wonders among you, but sometimes our sin stops us from doing that. Do you know that fear of anything other than the Lord is a sin? When you fear something so big that you replace, that you can't have, you can't overcome it because God won't overcome it or whatever reason, you allow that fear to be up in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit. What you're actually doing is telling God that he can't overcome that. And so you begin to fall to the temptation and fall to the sin of fear. Fear is a problem with many people. It keeps many people from opening their mouth and saying the words that they need to say. It keeps them from taking the step that they need to take. It keeps them from doing... When you have a fear of something that either has happened to you in the past or you think is going to happen to you today as you move forward, that's a sin and you need to deal with it. Joshua is going through the people, telling the people to consecrate themselves because what he's saying is, take away all the fear that you have because the Lord your God is going to do wonders among you tomorrow. The Lord your God is going to do wonders among you. If I, could, if I could get everybody in the world to just believe one thing, and that is prepare yourself now because so, the Lord your God wants to do wonders among you. It's not just me. It's not just Joshua. It's not just any other uh, person you read in, in Scripture. It's you. It's every single one of you in this room can see God do amazing things, can see God do wonders in you. If you would just prepare yourself for that, put yourself in the right place. What that means is that sometimes you've got to stop doing what you're doing because it's taking you down the wrong path. If you're believing the lies of your past or you're falling to temptation or whatever it is, sometimes you've got to leave that all behind and say, God, I believe you could do something wonderful for me. But I've got I to stand here. I've got to consecrate myself. I've got to get ready. 
When the Israelites consecrated themselves, what that meant was that they would do a burnt offering, but they would also uh, get everything ready. They would uh, wear their fancy clothes, their special clothes, if you will. They would they would prepare this special meal. They would all be ready so that when they were ready to move, they were ready to move. For us, consecration does mean that we need to ask the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that I'm allowing in my heart, in my soul, that's keeping me from seeing you move? It's not always our sin that keeps us from seeing God move. Sometimes God doesn't move in our life because he wants to do something better. And if he would move you in that place that you're asking, then you would fail to get the best of what the Lord wants for you. But often, more than not, when we come to our obstacle and we need to overcome that obstacle, it's our sin that keeps us from overcoming that obstacle. And when I talk about sin, I'm talking specifically, not always specifically, but a lot of times it's the fear. The fear of what my life is going to look like after this. If I get overcome of this obstacle. See, what happens is that these problems, these obstacles in our life become part of our life. They become everyday action. It's like I wake up in the morning and I feel this way. I go to bed at night, I feel this way. And the next day when God removes that obstacle from you, you're like, wait, this is gone. What is this? What do I do now? Life's different. Well, you're supposed to fill it with the Lord. But the question is, are you ready for God to move in your life? If he came to you this very moment, what would he say to you? Would he say, I'm ready. You're ready. Let's go. Or would he have a conversation with you, loving and kind as he could be, as he always is? Or would he take you by your shoulder and take you off to the side and say, and I'll speak to myself. I won't put anyone else in this place. But Jason, let's deal with a few issues here before we go over this obstacle. You have these things that you need to deal with. These things that you need to overcome. The difference is that often when we are facing an impossible obstacle, an obstacle that seems to have no other way around, an obstacle that we seem to have every problem in life overcoming, God wants to move in that obstacle. God wants to remove you from that place. He wants to send you over to the promised land, to the place where you are. See, today, if you're at the edge of the obstacle, may I encourage you to spend some time on your knees and just look up to the Lord and say, Lord, is there anything that I'm keeping myself in this place? Is there anything that's holding me back today? Is there any fear? Is there anything that I have kept myself at this edge of this obstacle so that I can't overcome it? Ask the Lord that question. Begin to seek your heart. Begin to ask him, because that's what consecration means. That's what Joshua was encouraging the people of Israel to do. Go before, go out. Seek the Lord. Do what it takes. Verse 7 says, Then then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua does all of this consecration. He does all of this encouragement. He does all of this time that he's spending with the Israelites, encouraging them to do all of those things before the Lord has ever spoken to them. You want to talk about courageous faith? He knew that the Lord was going to move. He knew all of that. He didn't need a pastor to stand up and say, Bonnie, he's going to move in your life. He didn't need me to stand up and say, Amy, God's going to heal you of all the things that you had. Joshua knew that. Joshua just had this inherent faith and this inherent courage. 
Now listen, I don't mind as a pastor encouraging you to do that, but sometimes we as people have to stand up and say, I know that God's going to move. I know that God's going to do something, and I'm not going to be satisfied with anything less than his best. Sometimes we have to take it upon ourselves and say, God, I know you want to overcome this obstacle in my life. I know you want to use me for good. I know you want to use me for something else. And so use me, Father. Verse 12 says, Now therefore take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, Israel, each from each tribe a man, and then the soles of their feet of the priests, bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from the above shall stand in one heap. Do you understand what the Lord is saying to Joshua? The Lord is telling Joshua that, yeah, we're at this edge of this Jordan. Yeah, we're there. But take the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant at the time was a presence of God. That's where the presence of God resided. And so everywhere the Israelites went, they carried this Ark of the Covenant with them. And they carried it because that was the presence of God until they built the temple. When they built the temple, then uh, God resided inside the temple. And then when the veil tore, of course, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, and God was set free and could be part of us today. But the Ark of the Covenant, Joshua is learning the story. He's learning the plan that God has for them to cross the Jordan. And he says, Now therefore take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priest, bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. He's taking the covenant. He's taking the Ark of the Covenant out into the waters. What is he doing? Joshua is learning that he wants God, God wants to go first. Take the priest, send God out before. See, what, what all of this paints a picture of is that sometimes in our obstacle, sometimes in our problems, we have to have a faith before God even speaks. Have a faith to believe that God is going to overcome this obstacle. And then the very next thing is, is we got to send God forward. Why is it that we often pray like we have not crossed an obstacle when God is calling you to cross the obstacle? What I mean by that, let me give you an example. When we're praying for someone's health, Lord, if it's your will, will you please come down and touch this person? Heal them. It's God's will for that person to be healed. We don't have to say those types of things. God, I believe that you can heal this person and that you will heal this person. And in the name of Jesus, I want you to heal this person. I ask you in the name of Jesus to come down and touch this person and heal them right now. Send God forth in our problems. When we approach a financial issue, now listen, I'm not saying approach a financial issue and then go out and buy like, you know, new radios and, and TVs and all of that stuff, right? That's, that's dumb. If you have financial issues, you have to work within the budget that you have, right? But you can stand at the edge of that financial issue and look at it and say, I believe the Lord is promoting a path for me and so I'm going to speak that path forward and believe that God is going before me. And so, Lord, I just want to ask you that you would show me a way through this obstacle, that you'd show me a way through my finances so that I can become debt-free, so that I can overcome all of these things, that you would provide for me, that you'd give me all the things that I need. Because, see, sometimes we have to speak God and see God on the other side before we can get through. There's a reason why Joshua told the Israelites to stay behind some, I think it was 2,000 cubits. I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was 2,000 cubits. There's a reason why he did that. The reason why he did that is because God wanted to show the Israelites the path through the Jordan. And so as he comes to the water and he, and he begins to take the Ark of the Covenant down, now wouldn't you like to be one of those priests? The river Jordan is flowing. There's no promise yet that the river is going to stop. 
They don't know that. But they still have to take that step of faith. Today, all of us are at the edge of our Jordan. We're all at that place. The promises that God gives to you are wonderful things. The courageous faith that you can have is wonderful things. But you know what? It still takes a step of faith. It still takes that time to say, you know what? Lord, I want to overcome this addiction of cigarettes. It takes that issue of taking that cigarette and throwing it away. I want to get out of debt. It takes that issue of saying, you know what? We're not going to go out to eat today because we're trying to save money. And so instead, we're going to stay at home and have salad or the thousand boxes of mac and cheese that we have in the cupboard or whatever it is, right? It takes faith to stand before a doctor and the doctor telling you this is the disease you have. It's most likely going to take your life in this many years and all these other things and to stand there and say, my God is in charge of my life, not you. It takes faith to stand before a problem and say, I can see this relationship healed. I can see my child come into the Lord. I can see all those things. And so I stand on the edge and I take that step, even though it, the promise is not there. I don't know if I put my foot down, if I'm going to hit solid ground in that river or that river is going to sweep my leg away. I don't know that. I know that I serve a God who's gone before me and he's there and I trust him. And so if he tells me to take that step, guess what? I'm taking that step looking for a firm foundation to put it on. And I'm going to believe that when I take that step, that's going to happen. See, it's easy to pray for all the things that you have, all the things you want to have happen. But the real faith comes when God calls you to take that step. I jokingly say with people all the time, you know, people love to say, hey, that would be a, would be a great idea if we do this for our church. If, if someone would come up and do this, this X, Y, and Z for our church, that would be great. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be great. How about it would be even greater if you take that first step and do it? Go lead that group. Go take us to another level. Take us to a different place. Do something. Don't ask for God to bless someone else to do this. Ask God to bless you and ask him, what is it the obstacle that he wants you to overcome in your life? What is it that he wants you to do? Take that step. You can have all the courageous faith you want, but until you ask to take that step into the river, it doesn't make a difference. Because you're still standing on the wrong side of the river if you haven't taken that step. Now I'm going to finish quickly because I know we're coming close to the end of our time. Verse 14, So the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped into the brink of the water. Now, mind you, God didn't stop the waters until their feet hit the water. So the priests had to go and they had to actually put their foot in the water. And as their foot hit the water, this is what happens. The waters coming, verse 16, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that was behind, uh, beside Zarathon. And those flowing down towards the Sea of Abara, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on the dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. See, the Israelites were given a promise, but even before that promise was given, Joshua had faith that he could overcome that obstacle. He went around to his people and he told his people, Prepare, prepare yourself, for God is going to do an amazing thing. See, all of us in this room, and, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward, all of us in this room, all of you, can be a Joshua. 
All of you have the opportunity to go before the people around you and say, God is going to do amazing things in your life. God is going to, we need to be Joshua's for each other. Because sometimes the obstacles that we face, we don't see to the other side. We don't see the other side. We, don't, we can't see the, the land on the other side. We can't see the, the land with the flowing milk and honey on the other side. And so we need to be reminded that you need to prepare yourself because God's going to do a mighty work in you, in you. See, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you allow it, God will do a mighty work in you. This week, I believe that the Lord is going to do some amazing things in people if they just allow it, if they just understand, if they grasp a hold of it and say, God, I want to see amazing things done. We need to be Joshua's where we encourage each other. But then even above and beyond that, when we see God, we need to go and allow God to go before us. Go out beyond us. Let him go first. Let him go beyond us. Pray him through. Start telling your mind and start telling the problems. I have a God who's almighty and anything is possible with him. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to. I just trust in him. He will guide me. He will direct me. He will send me through. And then as we have that step of faith, as we, as we have that faith building up inside of us, we need to get out and we need to take a step. There's some of you in this room that God has been waiting for you to take a step. He's waiting for you to just step forward, to take that step. And when you do, the river Jordan's going to split. Your obstacle's going to split and all of the problems on each side of you are going to raise up high. And you're going to be able to walk through that obstacle on dry land. But God is calling you to take that step. God's calling you to take that step and walk forward. Focusing on God is a very important thing. Consecrating yourself before God is also very important. Seeking forgiveness of your sins is even, maybe even more important. But it's not until you take that step. It's not until you decide, I'm going to go out, I'm going to say something to my neighbor about my faith. I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to speak and I'm going to share the Lord with them. I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to believe that God's going to overcome any deficiencies that I have. I believe that even though the doctors say this, I'm going to believe that God wants this for me and so I'm going to overcome all of those doctor's reports and all of those things. I believe that my relationship with my son, my daughter, my grandmother, my father, my mother, whoever it is, can be healed. I believe that. I see that. I believe financially the Lord is going to bless me, so I'm going to take that chance. I'm going to open up my wallet. Even if the cobwebs and the moss come out, I'm going to open it up. I'm going to trust the Lord that He's going to bless it. See, the Lord wants to bless you, but He wants you to take a step of faith. He's calling you today to take a step of faith. Some of you are on that Jordan. Some of you are on the edge of that obstacle. And until you take that step, until you pray him onto the other side, see him on the other side, and he shows you that path to get through, it can all start with just a step of faith. To step into that water and say, Lord, I trust you that when my foot hits that water, that water's going to stop flowing. That 40 mile per hour current that's going down through the river Jordan, that's flooding its banks, is all of a sudden going to stop. And it's going to pile up on each side. And you know what? The most amazing thing to me, I mean, it's amazing that the Lord block, uh, sends the Red Sea and the Jordan and he parts all of this. But you know what's even more amazing to me? Land that was underwater for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, dried up. You never hear about the horses being stuck in mud or the people being, I mean, listen, you ever go through a river that dried up? It's muddy. You can sink in the mud, but you never hear that. The Lord takes care of even the smallest of problems. He doesn't just give away for them to cross through the Jordan, but he dries the land too. 
so that they can overcome those problems. He wants to do the same for you. Will you stand with me, please? Today, whatever obstacle you're facing, whatever obstacle is in your way that's keeping you from achieving all that the Lord has for you, the Lord is calling you today. I, I just honestly believe as I was praying for this this week and I was preparing this message, I just got this overwhelming feeling like the Lord wants you to be set free. He wants you to be overcoming those obstacles. And he wants, and I, I honestly feel like the Lord said for me to remind you that you are, you serve a God who's bigger than any obstacle. He's bigger than the Red Sea. He's bigger than the Jordan. He's bigger than David the giant. He's bigger than any issue that you could ever imagine. But you have to have that faith. You have to have that belief that you can overcome those obstacles, not because of your strength, not because of anything that you are doing, but because of who you serve, and that's Almighty God. And so I believe today the Lord is calling you to take a step of faith, to step out from your comfort life, to step out from that comfy little place where you know some of you have camped on the side of the Jordan for way too long. You're, you've accepted the desert life. You've accepted the, 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 the small realities of what you're at now because you don't want to cross the obstacle and get over to the promised land. It has many, many better blessings for you. But the Lord is calling you to do that. I believe today that the Lord is saying he wants to set free in all of you, in all of us here today, just an amazing, he wants to bring us into a promised land that's like none before. But we have to have that faith and we have to take that step. Today, he's calling you to take that step. Father, I pray. I pray for all of us in this room that you would help us to learn to take a step of faith. That you would learn for us not to be happy with where we're at on the side of the Jordan, but we would take that step of faith that we can overcome the Jordan, that you would dry up the Jordan on both sides so that we could walk through and get to the other side, to get to the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land that you have been promising us. And so, Father, I pray today, symbolically, today, in an act of worship to you, today, in a way, we come before you and we first ask, as we consecrate ourselves before you, forgive us of our sins, forgive us of the things that we have allowed to keep us on the side of the Jordan. Forgive us for the times that we have failed to move because... We felt comfortable being here. Forgive us for the things that have held us back from hearing your voice. Forgive us for the things that have kept us from feeling you and seeing you move in our lives. And then, Father, we say before you, as we stand before you, we say we are ready. We are ready to move. We are ready to go. And then, symbolically together, Father, we're ready to take that step with you. That we will trust you that we will watch the path that you take and we will take that path. Father, you always know what's right. You always know what's best. We just want to follow you. Help us today to take that step, Father. I believe in this place today that God is calling some of you to take a step of faith like you've never taken before. Maybe it's a step of salvation. Maybe it's a step of I'm going to follow God. Maybe God has been on your heart about something specific. Maybe it's to call someone. Maybe it's to, to overcome prayers, overcome uh, words of doctors with prayer. Maybe it's a relationship that has been broken for way too long that God wants to heal. 
And he's saying you need to pick up the phone and call that person. I believe today that the Lord is calling some of us, some of you, to take that step. And so Lord, today, again, we take that step closer to you, to follow you, to be where you are at, to overcome our Jordans and the obstacles in our lives. We love you, Lord. You're so worthy and so gracious, and you deserve all of this and so much more. Help us today, Father, to do your will, to overcome those obstacles in our life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.